Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The following is rated MA. Some people may find it offensive. It contains language, adult themes and immature content, as well as fart jokes. There will be lots of fart jokes. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. Less than 50 days until the competition starts. Cannot wait. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Wodge. What is a wodge? It's a large piece or amount of something, and that pretty much sums up the next half hour. A bit of this, a bit of that, and then a bit more of it too. Different names, different theories and stories. The biggest stars in the game, past and present, all offering their insights. All good men too. Good part about the wodge... It's timeless. There's no fixed date. All topics are relevant at any time whenever you want to listen. If you haven't yet, do yourself a favour and have a listen to our library of episodes. Some awesome stories and plenty that you wouldn't have heard anywhere else before. If you haven't yet, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. That way, the latest episode should drop immediately to your device and you won't miss anything. We've already built up an amazing library of interviews and that's set to continue with some cracking Legends series episodes coming up. Our most recent was the great man, Jerigong's finest, Mighty Mick Cronin. My father used to always tell me that the English players were better player than us. Okay. Up, oh, from the not so much better, but they always said they were smarty, you know, in a yeah. lot of ways. Uh, I remember I met a bloke called Vince Coralius, yes. the father spoke of, and terrorised Australia apparently in the late fifties. I walked to a game with him. I don't know why, but we walk, and he said, uh, "Explain the game to me better in two minutes than anyone ever had to do, to a degree." Wow. He said, "I could still play against you Australians today." He said, "You do nothing with the football," meaning. He said, the, the game's this simple. He said, when your offside got the football, he said, you try and put your players where the opposition's not. He said, yeah. when the opposition's got the football, he said, you try and put your players where they are. I said, geez, mate, yeah. you just summed up the game. And he summed it up in two minutes and you sort of lend your watch and learn and, and that's what they were good at at those days. But then Australia got fitter, smarter and you know, probably more professional. But, but in those, like realistically, that was 73 and I think the last... English side to win a test series in 19, was 1970. Yes. I actually played against them the day after they won the third test for Southern Division, actually. A touring game. Yes, yeah, I, play, I played for Southern Division and we played them the day after they won the third test and Malcolm Reilly and I think Cliffy played, they terrorised us. <laughs> I, think they might have been, I think they might have come straight from the party straight to Wollongong. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sure. Mick was speaking about Vince Karelius, a bloke that legitimately terrorised the Aussies for two decades. Karelius played 380 games for both St Helens and Widnes between 1952 and 66. He also represented Great Britain 25 times. His nickname, the Wild Bull of Pampas. Actually, speaking of bulls... You've fired up the barbie, you've stacked the esky. Who do you invite and why... 
This is dinner date. Table for eight. Inviting anyone from any era and any field. Gordon, tell us who's your eight. Michael Jordan. Yeah. Because I, I was in love with him when I was about 18, 19, when the Chicago Bulls, when I first went to Sydney, got into the NBA and he was super successful. And now watching the last dance is even confirmed. I just want to know how he ticked. Mm. You know, um, Tiger Woods, because I love golf and he's at the top of his tree and I just don't know whether anybody's more focused on what they do than him. Um, probably Nelson Mandela. I think what a kind, beautiful gentleman and has never blamed anybody for what he's done and not ashamed of it. Um, Will Farrell to make us laugh. He's one of the funniest guys. Um, I think I just look at him and laugh. Yeah. Um, I want Frank the Tank, though. The Frank the Tank, Will Farrell. <laughs> um, we'd have to get a supermodel there. Yeah. So, Who's your pick of supermodels? Oh, it'd be Cindy Crawford. Yeah. In a heyday. I'm not going to argue. No. Cindy. Um, then I'd have to have some entertainment. So I'd get – that's a tough one because maybe someone like Jack Johnson, they could just sit there and just play yeah. beautiful music, just just acoustic in the back. How many is that? You're up to seven, including yourself, of course. And I'd go um, Heston Bloom because he's the best chef or the most – he's just going to cook us something. I'd say knock yourself out, brother. Quite a table for eight. You didn't include your wife, Gemma. That'll get back. Oh, yeah, but she's in the bedroom. <laughs> you said you said at the table. At the ta- – yeah. yeah. You've got me on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, you make me feel bad. Uh, now, where's this? <laughs> but I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with her every day. She wouldn't want to be there. Russia. <laughs> You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Want to be part of the team? We have both corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. Check out the website at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au or send an email to Terry. That's with an I at andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. In May of last year, Luke Bateman packed his bags and left the Canberra Raiders. He'd played 71 games for the Green Machine after debuting as a 17-year-old in 2015. He's now 25. He walked away from his dream, also his comfort zone. Luke has dropped on in. Mate, I guess we'll ask with the simple question in what has been a very difficult year, but why? Well, first of all, mate, I was I was twenty when I debuted, so thanks for the thanks for the rap. Rap, yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks for the rap. There I'll, we I'll go. Take it. <laughs> mate, uh, I, I mean, obviously, as you know, the sort of the coronavirus sort of yeah. rolled in and uh, made effect, affected a lot of lot of people, um, especially you know, um, you know, a lot of people had it probably a lot harder than I did. But um, mate, it, it sort of when when it shut the comp down, it, and we got a massive pay cut, it left me in quite a precarious position, and it yeah. sort of I was left with really only one option, to be honest, and that, and that was to sort of was to come home, and um, it was unfortunate. Like obviously, everyone knows, like I love the love the Raiders, love playing for the club, and yep. love every, every one of those seventy one games I got to play for them. But um, it was it yeah, it was pretty much um, you know it was it was basically. Do I uh, exhaust every financial possibility I've sort of got, or do I come home and sort of start again? 
hard decision, mate, or heartbreaking decision? Yeah, well, that it it wasn't too hard. Like I said, it was really the only option I had, yeah. to be fair. So it wasn't such a hard decision, but it was very heartbreaking, you know, to sort of be such a, you know, all I'd wanted to do since I was five years old was play in the NRL. So yeah. sort of, you know, to, to, to be an NRL player and sort of live your childhood dream was just mm. unbelievable. And then to sort of have it, have it ended under those circumstances was, was, was tough, was sort of very tough. We've heard the Players Association, etc., say in the last couple of years, payments have got to improve across the entire playing group. While some contracts get bigger, the baseline doesn't and hasn't improved all that much. It's a, a conversation and a debate for another day, but <laughs> the guys on minimum wage in NRL are still, in my opinion, below where they should be by comparison to their teammates. You agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. We could we could spend the next two hours talking about that. Yeah. But no, absolutely, mate. It's pretty tough. And this is what I say to a lot of people. You know, people look and go, "Oh, you're an NRL player. You're on big money. Yeah. You get to play football for a living." And you go, "Yeah." And you just go, "Well, you know, a lot of players aren't on big money." Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think you get paid a million dollars to play footy on Saturday and no one really sees Monday to Friday getting flogged your pre-seasons and sort of – and even, like, what you miss out on. Like, I've found since I've, you know, moved home, like, you know, I, I lived in Canberra from the age of 17 to, to 25. So, yeah. you know, I, li- I, I missed out on, to like, even the last sort of nine months, like, what I've got to do with my family and what I've got to do with my friends – you know, that, that, I'm, that I didn't get to do for the past eight years because I, I was never here and I always had commitments elsewhere. So um, I know a lot of people move for work and, you know, a lot of people don't get to do things, but it is a, it is a very demanding sort of industry, the NRL, and a lot of people aren't on, a lot of players aren't on, aren't on 500, 600, 700,000 a year, you know. As you said too, mate, you, it's good when it's good and it's good when you're yeah. winning and everything's fine. But the Monday to Friday, a lot of you guys are crawling out of bed and struggling with knees or you're back to more physio or back to more rehab. You can't just go and, and socialise when you want. You can't go and eat what <laughs> yeah. you want or when you want. It's a very strict existence. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's what I said. I said, you know, it's, it's nice having someone not there telling you what to do and what to <laughs> eat and where to be 24-7. Yeah, no, that's that's nice. And like you said, it's, it's good I sort of obviously take a while. I played a bit of footy this year in the BRL, but yep. um, for a while, was, you know, I said it was really nice to wake up Sunday and Monday mornings and, yeah. and not get around like a cripple, you know? Like it was literally like it was sort of something you'd just become accustomed to, just sort of getting up on Sunday or Monday morning whatever you, after you'd played and just sort of hobbling around and taking a bloody packet of anti-inflammes. Yep. <laughs> you are now back in Brisbane, Brisbane and you've signed with Winner Manly, but you actually – Went from Canberra and went and started working with your dad. I think. Where were you? What were you doing? Uh, when I was working with my old man, yeah. we, we were um, yeah, we were out west, um, out near Injun, uh, sort of a town about five hundred people. It's sort of, you go sort of, oh, you know, you're seven hours west out to Roma, and then um, and then you go another sort of, oh, it's like another hour north to Injun, and then it's like another hour north to where we sort oh, of we were wow. camping for work. Yeah, so you're pretty about eight or nine hours sort of. In, in Western Queensland, just out in the bloody pine forest out there. And, um, mate, just sort of yeah, – actually, I love the work. You sort of like – so hey, they just drive sort of, you know, your big logging machines around. You sort of got um, 
oh, you would have, you know, you would have seen them on YouTube, your sort of big processing machines, yep. and you just sort of wake up every day and jump in your big, big machine and kill pine trees. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mate, what was the experience like? Because as you said, you've been at the Raiders and you'd been a professional athlete your, your adult life. This was completely different. Oh, mate, 100%. You know, that's what, and it was sort of like I said to me, old man, I said, I said, it's probably not so much the hard work that will get to me. I said, it's actually just like, you know, like 80 minutes, sort of, you know, I'm happy to work hard for 80 minutes. Yeah. It's sort of, you know, one day a week, it's the doing it. You're sort of, you know, you're doing sort of 10, 11 hour days, sort of get up at about 5 a.m. and get home at sort of 5 a.m., uh, 5 p.m. So yeah. it was just that sort of waking up doing it every day and you go out for he goes out for sort of anywhere from 12 you know 14 days to 21 days at a time so it's sort of and it's it doesn't matter whether it's monday or saturday yeah. you're doing you're working you know so it was just sort of that monotonous waking up every day working going home going to bed wake up it was sort of it was tough sort of to adjust to that because as you know like you know when you train you go right you get to train you go right i've got two hours I've got to work hard, and then I get to go home and lay up. Yep. Whereas out there, it's sort of you know you get there and you go, I've got I've got ten hours of this, and then I've got to come back and do it again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, as you said, a little cameo in the BRL for the Seagulls late in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, you signed with them for twenty twenty one. Yeah, so well, they actually so the the BRL was actually run by Wynnum Juniors, so it's sort of a bit of a separate yeah okay. entity. But gotcha. Um, I was sort of I, I went there. Not really under the assumption that I was going to sign with Wynnum for 2021. Yep. Um, but uh, I was sort of, you know, I was talking with South Logan when we junior club. So I was uh, talking with South, um, talking with East as well, and talking with, with Wynnum. And uh, I sort of said, you know, it was pretty heartbreaking, the conversation that I had to have with, with Jimmy McClellan from, from South Logan. You know, I've known Jimmy since I was a 14-year-old kid, and um, you know, they were very sort of keen to have me back. And... Uh, I, I sort of, you know, just got to the point where I said to Jimmy, I said, mate, I said, you know, I'm 20, you better turn 26. I'm not getting any younger. Like, you know, footy really has to be the next, you know, couple of years of footy has to be really worthwhile for me yep. money-wise. Um, and, and, and unfortunately, just at the end of the day, the, the, the contract that Wynnum were offering me was sort of just too good to, to knock back. So, uh, but yeah, but but all in all, you know, I signed with Wynnum and I'm, I'm very happy to be there and I'm, you know, very, look, very much looking forward to sort of the... Um, this season ahead because I think we've got a really strong squad and I, I think it will do really well. Mate, good to see you back and not lost to the game and uh, good luck in 2021. Yeah, awesome. No, cheers, Andy. Thank you very much. Professionalism in rugby league, it's more than just collecting a pay packet. It's actually a whole lot more. And truth be told, not every player gets it. One guy who I believe sets the example is Cronulla captain Wade Graham. Yep, you've seen what he can do on the field. I want to chat about off the field, and in particular, his website. And I don't mean to embarrass you, buddy, but I think every player should have one. You promote, you endorse, you engage. Um, what prompted the idea of the website or the, the web presence? I, um, I decided when my management contract uh, finished up, I decided to manage myself moving yep. forward. So that was almost well, probably 18 months, two years ago now. Yep. Um, and it was just at the point where, you know, I was doing a lot of stuff with the NRL by myself. Um, and I was doing a lot of club commitments that I was organising by myself. I was doing a lot of media appearance, you know, Fox and Nine stuff. Yep. 
And I just felt at that stage, uh, you know, and when I had the conversation with my past manager that I was going to finish up, it was just like, I think you've done a good job, mate. You put me in a position now where I'm 26, 27 year old. Yep. I've got two kids of my own. I've got one at that stage. I've got a boy of my own. Um, I'm pretty settled. I think you've put, you've given me the tools to manage myself. So, and I've got my finance guy who looks after that sort of stuff. I've yep. got my accountant, the lawyer, if I ever need him. Um, but all the things surrounding football, I was like, well, you know, you know, I'm amongst the doing it every day, so I was confident to handle that on my own. So then when that happened, it was just so like, how do I create somewhere where I don't need to, um, you know, be out there on my own doing the legwork as yep. much as it like when, I, when, when the footy part of things taken over because mm. it is, you know, once the season rolls around, it's a beast. That's all that, you know, dominates everything. So yep. I had a chat with a couple of people that I knew and um, it was just an idea that, that um, you know, came from that. It's like, why don't you set up a website? It allows anyone to access you whenever you want or whenever they want, sorry. Yep. And then you can screen it via email. Um, if you're able to do something that, you know, they're, they're after, well, then you can get in contact with them. If you're not, you can just send a quick email email back. Um, and, yeah, it was really from the basis of that. Well, it's about engaging, not so much as a fan engagement, but corporate or community engagement, but also, you know, potential business partners and partnerships rolling forward, whether it's a, a boot sponsor or an, a, an event or a TV commercial or whatever, what you've done is been able to put everything into the one portal and it's yours. You're not reliant on anyone else. Yeah, and it's um, to be honest, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for me, especially, um, you, know, you know, the website and the social yeah. stuff. I know that is – I know it's a growing trend um, you know, in today's society. It is – it dominates a lot, but I still feel most comfortable – um, you know, working face to face, meeting yep. people face to face, talking in person. That's that's where I feel my most um most natural and that's yep. where I feel myself the most. But um yeah, when I when we're all sitting down and working out a strategy moving forward and things that I should do and how to make myself available, that was certainly one that was on the top of the list. A really good example, mate. I urge anyone listening to go check out Wade on the web. Pretty simple to remember too, wadegraham.com.au. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. Just been checking the analytics of who and where this podcast is consumed. It's confusing, but also very entertaining. We've had a shitload of downloads in the UK, the US and Canada. And we've also reached, and this is not a G up, We've reached the United Arab Emirates, Norway, the Russian Federation, Denmark, and Colombia. Very cool, but also very weird. On that compass, we're now headed to Warrington, and the great man Jason Clark has dropped in. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year, mate. What did you get up to with the family? Mate, we, um, with all this COVID going on, we just, we just try to get some travel in. Um, so the biggest thing is travel over here. It's right on your doorstep, so that's yeah. the biggest thing we... Um, we try to get to Lapland, but it's not looking looking good um, with all this stuff going on. But um, just enjoying time with the family, mate. Does Santa visit Warrington for the three girls? Always, mate. They're spoiled, these girls. Uh, there's not much left in the bank account in January, but, uh, yeah, they get spoiled and they love it. We've got a, a good group of people around us here in Warrington too, so they, they get spoiled by everyone. 
You made the move over with your wife, Lauren. You got the three little ones, seven, five, and four. It's Miller, Andy, and Billy. How yep. has the adjustment been from life in Sydney's south to life in England's north? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's very different, uh, mate. The, the beaches. The, we miss the the biggest things are the beaches, yep. and obviously, you know, family and friends. But there's other things here that are just a bit more laid back, a bit more relaxing for us, and and it's just the people around us too. We've got a really good network of people um, here in Warrington. It's a great little town. Um, obviously, I didn't know too much about it when I first moved over here. Yeah. But um, you, you know, you, you, you're smack bang in the middle of Manchester and Liverpool. So having those two major cities either side is pretty cool. You take your pick wherever you want to travel each day. It's it's a half an hour drive, which is nothing to do over here. Like um, just go to even go to a nice cafe in one of the one of the cities is nice to do. But um, the travels travel over here is amazing as well. The places that we've been to over here, it's it's crazy. You can't even use your hands to count them. Wonderful life experience, but also a huge test for a lot of people, including yourselves, over the last twelve months. How was it for you guys with lockdowns, etc.? You're away from loved ones, but probably more importantly, you're away from your comfort zone. Yeah, the comfort zone it was a bit crazy, and you know when this first lockdown hit over here, we 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 didn't know how to take it. We you know everyone starts doing fitness classes because we were still allowed out. You're allowed out for a bit of exercise and that. Yep. So we went for walks and we'd go, I'd go to the park because obviously playing rugby we weren't we weren't training either. So I try and go to the park, do a bit of running with my girls, tire them out. And then um, it just kept going and going and going. <laughs> so you, you just were doing the same. It was Groundhog Day. But we also found some nice little walks around our place where we live here in Grappinall in, in Warrington and um, some lovely little walks all around here along the canals that they've got. It's, um, we're lucky that it was good weather and it was nice and hot when, we were, when, when it was, the lockdown was on. On top of the lockdown, you now twice have been quarantined for two weeks. Mate, there was a game we played, uh, Wakefield. One of their players tested positive, so there were six of us had to uh, had to isolate. Um, we were getting tested for COVID twice a week. Uh, we still tested negative, but we had to stay home. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, and then even my daughters as well. The hardest thing, I, that, that's the, the hardest I find for my kids. They don't fully understand everything that's going on. As much as we explain it to them, there's a virus and you can get sick if you're around too many people. So... But mate, staying inside a house, you, you can, like even the backyards, unusable sometimes when it's pouring down rain yeah. and you can't go out there. The, the ground's like mud. But um, yeah, it's it's a crazy time. But um, you know, I'm very lucky. I've got a great wife, and um, my three girls are amazing. Tough times. Best of luck this season with the Wolves, mate. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it, mate. Oh, what the f- cricket? Test cricket. That's what the. Ah, bring on the footy. The Warriors' off-season recruitment saw a handful of new, tough faces join the club. After 121 games for the St George Illawarra Dragons, Ewan Aiken is one of them. First impressions of the club, mate? Yeah, it's great. I think they've got a great thing going here. So um, I'm really happy to be in Tamworth with the crew. We've um, all joined up after Christmas, which has been great. So uh, the club looks like they've got um, everything they need to do well. And um, we've obviously got a great location in Tamworth with has everything at our doorstep. So um, I think there's big, big things to come with the Warriors this year. And obviously when we live in with each other, it gives us a chance to get each other to know each other better and, and very fast in that sense as well. New players, new coach. Yeah, it is important to everyone 
get to know each other and get on the same page. So it's probably not a bad thing completely. No, not at all. Obviously, you've got to take the positives um, in this sort of scenario. Yep. So, um, yeah, as I said, it's been such a trans- smooth transition for me. Um, it's allowed me to meet people a lot quicker than I would yep. if I was just travelling to training and going back home. Obviously, spending meal time together, a bit of uh, afternoon recreational activities yep. together, just going for coffee and all that sort of thing. So all that sort of thing builds up. So you put a, a month worth of putting meeting each other in together and it turns into it feels like about three months. Yeah. So it's um, been great for me and I'm loving my time here. You played with any of these blokes before? Anyone on the roster? Uh, that, that was the thing. There wasn't too many people I'd play with before. Um, uh, so Cody Nicarima, we played together in the AIS tour okay. uh, qu- quite a while ago, so um, nothing in um, in top grade. And then Adam Fenua Blake was uh, under 20s. Yep. And then uh, the other one was um, Lisa Narmel, which we, we played together with at the Dragons there for a few years there. So um, all great blokes and um, looking forward to teaming up with them again and getting on the field. Geez, Adam looks good in off-season. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's, he's a weapon. He's got great uh, feet work. Yeah. For, sorry, footwork for a big man. So, um, yeah, he's going to do big things this year. How do you look at it? New lease of life, new challenge, good for you at 25? Yeah, I think it is. It's refreshing. I feel like it's um, refreshing going to a new club and obviously um, different processes, different staff, yep. different players. And sometimes you get stuck in um, a bit of the sort of – you get a bit stale is probably the yep. best way to describe it. So you're comfortable and that sort yeah. of thing. And not that I ever um, – Took a backward step or let, let any yep. stone unturned, but um, sometimes you just need a, a new lease and a new experience, and um, I'm looking forward to this. And uh, obviously it helps when you know you've got a great team and on roster, and the only thing now is putting it all together and uh, putting it on the field. I reckon you're going to kill it this year. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. It's that easy to win a hat. This week's winner is... The Jaff Man. His review, he asked me... Which BMX bike I used to race as a kid? The answer, Quicksilver and JMC. Great days, great memories. Reasonably random question, though. The more random the review, the more likely it is it stands out and you could win the hat. If you're after a social media rugby league fix without any agendas, check out my mate Clarky on Insta and Facey at Clarky's RL column. There's news, there's topics, there's debates, exclusives and a couple of hundred thousand other league tragics too. Awesome sites where all proceeds, yep, 100% go to Clarkie's Charities of Choice. Good man. Thanks to our awesome sponsors, Galaxy Finance and Griffin Air. We love you. We love you long time. That's a happy way to end and there's nothing like a happy ending, right? Have a great week, legends. Hope your beers are cold, your palmies are large, and your bets are all winners. Don't forget to back Pikey in the last.